Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, this is Those Guys. I am your host, Matt, and I am here along with... John. And John, we are doing another Star Trek Thursday. We're talking about another episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, specifically Lonely Among Us. Now, John, I, I just want to hit it right, right off the bat. I don't want to beat around the bush. Is this the worst episode to you out of all of them so far, or...? Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. It, it's this far from perfect, but won I, me I over. Would... This almost won me over completely, and then they had to mess it up. But what were you going to say? Yeah, no, it's it's hardly it's it's hardly the worst. It, it's definitely not the best, and it has its flaws. But you can you can kind of see that they're sort of finding their footing. You know, they're they're at least able to to spin a cogent uh, mystery. Um, you know, this is another uh, Star Trek. Staple is the old uh, energy being jumping from from crew member to crew member, which a few different series is, uh, you know, they, they go to that well a few times. Which isn't bad. I mean, at this point, I've stopped I've stopped trying to care about oh TOS did it and going well is it done well here? And I think it was yeah. done well here. And I know maybe you know you were telling me this was going to be a weird one, and then I don't know just watching it, I, I just I wasn't. Um, but yeah, I, I I was I wasn't uh, thrown off by it. Like it wasn't. I mean, I'll think it wasn't weird, but it wasn't bad weird. But there were just certain things that happened throughout the episode that I kind of sat back and I was like, "What's the what's the point? What's like? Yeah. Why are we doing this? So why does this have to happen? Like for instance, uh, Mr. Singh. Mr. Singh. We. First of all, first as far as I know, first brown guy on the show. Since I know that the actor who plays Worf is African American, Jordy is African American, but I don't know if like I don't believe either one of them is part brown. So they're both black. So we have Mr. Singh as as a as a brown guy, doesn't hide his accent. I'm like, "Awesome." And then he gets murdered. And it was yeah, one of those that, things that, where even – the energy, the energy beam. The energy beam was like, I just want everyone to know that wasn't a racial thing. I'm a little bit concerned that some people thought it was a racial thing. Complete accident, I swear. Just wanted you to know. Yeah, yeah. So just, just to clear the air here. Uh, so yeah, and, and I think he's the first – I think he's the first character death on TNG, period. You know, I, yeah, but I he wasn't him a red proverbial shirt. red shirt because now he's wearing. You know, he's a proverbial red shirt. He's wearing gold, engineering right. gold. But uh, and you know what? It is interesting though. That the first per, the first like guest star to bite it on the series is not even like a security officer. He's an engineer. So hmm. you know, expectations getting subverted all all over up in this place. But it was just one of those things where look, I'm not saying that you can't have. I'm not, look, everyone is open to die if they have a red shirt in Star Trek. To be fair. But uh, but it's one of those things where it was just like I've never seen a brown person on the show before. I was like – and look, I am not a brown person. I mean I am Hispanic, but I'm not um, – you know, I'm not Indian of Indian descent. So like I see him and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden he dies and, I, and no one else even got hurt. That's the funny thing too. No one else was even like severely injured by it. So literally it went from, yeah. oh, I'm just fine. Oh, I'm just fine. I'm actually pretty good too. I mean, hell, I turned yeah, into I mean, energy. Fuck. 
Yeah, that was it. The closest thing we had to it was Picard beating himself into space, but they were, you know, they 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 were, they were able to cure that these days. That's the one thing too that kind of fell apart for me is that at least look, people are gonna call when I say that I'm a fan of Doctor Who. Sometimes people go like, oh, but you know, a lot of the endings are, are bullshit. You know, do a do, uh, do six machina bullshit, and they and they are, but they try to explain their bullshit. I can't even call this a deuce ex machina because there was no machine. Like, it was just, it happened. Fuck you. Tune in next week. Yeah, and it's hardly, it's hardly the first time that we'll use the transporter as like a magic, a magic bullet. You know, that tends to be, and that, that is one of the criticisms of, 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 um, of Trek, but of TNG in particular, is that they, you know, they they, they say that they use the uh, the transporters and magic bullet, or as like, you know, we're running out of time, so we need to wrap this up, kind of thing. It's just weird because, like, I wish this one time Picard would have been like, I actually do remember. Like, it would have all you needed him to say was, you know what, I actually remember, and um, I forced my will against it because it thought it knew me, but it didn't. And I'd be like, oh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> it doesn't even know my favorite ice cream flavor. Well, no, because it thought it wa- he wanted to travel, but it's like, no, the fucking energy beam, you dick. You know, like... The relationship, so, didn't, the relationship didn't worry. They moved in together and it didn't work out. Basically, you know, they're too fast. You can't move in together that fast. Exactly. Um, so, no, but I understand if, like... I understand the concept of he's the captain, he's a badass... He's so cool. He's so tough. Captain Picard, tough Frenchman. You know, you know the whole stereotype of tough Frenchman, and um, oh, yeah. huge stereotype, tough Frenchman. You, it's totally a stereotype. No, but seriously, I, I just, I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where they could have said something, and they literally did nothing. Like it was just supposed to be uh, all shucks in a show that. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that TOS all the time, or even TNG up until this point, has been complete scientific fact. Of course, but just no, fucking not. lie to it's me. Science, it, uh, a lot of people have said it's science fantasy. It's not really science fiction, because a lot of the science in, in it is is either bullshit or only loosely based on actual theory. So it does it does require you to kind of suspend your disbelief because like I said it's not it's not real science it's it's like and but but I'm you know. cool with it not being real science but just lie to me like they didn't even lie to me do you know what I'm saying yeah, like it yeah. was just a thing yeah, like, they didn't even come up with a reason and and look I'm not saying you know like you even have data there and data's just like oh so it's his old self a fucking astute observation Sherlock <laughs> Yeah. By the it's, way, and, and if, it were, if it were Voyager, they would have come up with some hmm. kind of techno babble excuse for it. You know, they would have they would have pulled it out of their ass, but they would have had something. But yeah, it's kind of just yeah, he's back. We only have like two minutes left in the show, so what do you want? Data, the strangest thing happened to me. Yes, Captain, I didn't feel comfortable telling this to everyone else before, but when I was an energy beam, I felt like I was a salamander. <laughs> Really, Captain? Do all the research that you can on people turning into salamanders. Well, of and course, I met Captain. a totally nice couple. I met a totally nice couple <laughs> called Catherine and Tom, and they wanted to. They were looking for a third. 
I have. I don't even know what. It's funny. I still forgot what show you're referencing in Star Trek. I just know that the second I heard the Salamander thing, that's going to be stuck in my head for years now. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and someday, maybe 20 years from now, when we do a Voyager podcast, we'll we'll uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, so anyway, I'm. Yeah, look, I I I know we're giving this one shit. But honestly, again, somehow it managed to be better, I think, because of the mystery aspect. Bringing up Sherlock Holmes, I think, was great for Data. I'm so happy yes. the actor got to flex his comedic muscles because he's a very funny actor. He's been in a lot of other stuff. I did some research last uh, after the last episode we did because I was like, you know, he looks – I don't know if it was he looked familiar or what it was, but I was doing research, and then I found a bunch of his other stuff. Like He was in Night Court and some other stuff that he's done as well. What was that? And uh, Independence Day? Yes, right. That one confused the hell out of me because I never – I don't think I've ever seen Independence Day in full, but I thought I knew who was in Independence Day. Like I was like, yeah, of course. You know, you got your, you got your Will Smith. You got your um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Independence Day. I think it was the only, only two of them. Yeah, Independence Day. And then uh, the actor who plays Data was not only in the first one, but I believe he came back for the sequel. And I could swear yeah, I heard a- nobody talk about it. Yeah, I mean, he was it was kind of a bit part. I mean, he was he, but he was still a very distinctive character. Like he he had a small role, but it was you know here comes the really icky part. No, yeah, like I look, I, I know it wasn't like a huge role, but like it's one of those things where like I okay, so when people how do I put this? Uh, Star Trek fans are very passionate, so I would think. Even though I'm not, I am a Star Trek fan, but I'm not very into fandom. But you would think if the actor who played Data was in other stuff, it would be everywhere, and meet, and it would be memed as well. And I haven't even seen his role in that be memed at all. Like I really just, I, if I never saw Independence Day till the the, the uh, day that I died, I would have never or looked it up. I would have never known. And that's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, so with, with a show like depends, this, you know. You know, especially like I said, yeah, if somebody if somebody from Star Trek, but like a lot of the Star, like you know, gargoyles and stuff like that. Sometimes very quietly, they do a lot of other stuff. But um, yeah, but Brent Spiner really gets to to stretch his chops in this episode, and uh, you know, we, that, that's that's one of the things about him. And you'll you'll even get to see that in some of the season one episodes, especially when he he ends up acting for two in a in an episode later uh, the season. And he's a very mm-hmm. versatile actor. And um, you know, to, enough that the uh, the Sherlock Holmes angle actually got picked up. For uh, for another episode, you know, there's a holodeck episode later on, and uh, there would have been more. There would have been more, but but uh, Arthur Conan Doyle's estate uh, actually got into it with uh, Paramount. Yeah, that pisses uh, me, and that pisses me the fuck off. And let me explain to you why. Everyone's like, but let me explain why. Technically, Holmes is in the public domain, so like you can't take certain aspects of it that are from later books. Um, at least at the time you couldn't, but I'm pretty sure at the time it was in the public domain. It might not have been back then, though. I'm not entire, I'm not completely hmm. positive, and, and, I'm, well, and I don't remember what then, the... To be fair, if it wasn't back then, then what the fuck was, were they thinking? Seriously, yeah, what the fuck were they thinking? 1988, so... Yeah, you're right. It has been 30 years. No, but even now, uh, people are still worried about the, the, the estate, and it's kind of like, guys, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you worried about the estate when, like, like I understand if it's about our, the actual name of the author, Sir Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle. I get that. But when it comes to the character, as long as it's not, like, quoting certain books that 
are not in the public domain, et cetera, et cetera. Technically, the character exists within the public domain. Although to be fair, like you said, I don't know about the the time uh, that and this then, came out if he was fully in the public domain or not. He might not have been. And plus, also, like I said, the the they didn't really they didn't quote any specific books or anything like that in in this appearance. It was just Data was doing mm-hmm. like shtick. But in the in the episode I'm thinking about in season two, they do reference directly and by name certain books and and, and that's the, fair the actually therein. that's that's that I think I somewhat agree with a little bit um a little bit because again I don't know at the time how many of the books may or may not have been in the public domain um but in this case though like this this one episode it was great and I'm very happy oh, that yeah. you know he got to end up uh, do it again because it's something that made data so human and that we needed Exactly, because he's still in his this. awkward, like he's still still in his awkward kind of robotic phase mm-hmm. at this point. And it was cool to see him have a little fun, you know, get to explore, uh, you know. And also, like I said, I don't, you know, not to not to open a complete a complete can of worms, but I know that a lot there have been a lot of uh, autistic viewers uh, mm. who have who have watched the show who who relate to Data and especially like his his fixation with the character. They found that very relatable, like his the fact that he totally sinks in, himself into the into the role. Yeah, no, I know some people who who are autistic who also feel that way. So you know, it's not really a can of worms. It's just a great representation in a sense. I mean, I think the reason why it's a little difficult for us to talk about because you and I are not autistic is that it ends up sounding like we're making people who are autistic sound like robots, which we're not trying to do. We're talking about people's actual experiences with this character. A uh, random side note that I just noticed now. So I'm watching the episode again. This is about data, though. Uh, watching the episode again versus looking at it uh, both on Netflix, but versus looking at it on my computer screen versus on my large television. And it's so funny under the certain uh, lighting of data standing next to Beverly when she's like, where am I? What day is it? Who are you? Uh, you know, on the on the holodeck. When – when he's standing there, you can see that it looks like they just smeared the paint on him because yeah. of, I assume yeah, it's it been a very long day. No, but up until this point, I never noticed that. Like, they, it was all blended in very well, but in that one shot, it literally looked like it was just like, look, it's been a long day, just fucking, like, it looks like, you know, it was just smeared on to, like, like oh, there's a little bit missing because it's been, you know, you're under the heavy lights. So they just smeared it literally with, like, a hand just wiping it to the left and Which to they, the right. They might have. And you you got to figure it. there's a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that you probably couldn't see or, or not intended to see yeah. in the initial broadcast yes. because we were watching them all on old TVs that probably couldn't show you that level of detail. Yeah, I and, know. It's uh, so now, funny now the, because... seams, the seams are kind of showing in, in, uh, in the higher depth. No, it's funny. We've talked about this before, but it never came across as much, at least in terms of makeup, until that exact moment that I just saw. And it was like, wow. Like, it just hit me. It's kind of funny. Um, so, question. Uh, I'm someone, you know, we we all know this, if you guys have been listening for a while, John knows this. I'm someone who likes Star Trek, but I'm not extremely into it. So, is it, cause, but you've talked to me about certain things as we've been talking about these episodes in order. My question to you is, in the original, uh, in, in TOS, was it ever stated outright, other than, oh, it's our mission to find other societies? Was it stated outright, like, oh, we might have you join our federation? Um, I think there were a few episodes where there were there were species that were or planets that were up for federation membership. Um, I in do remember that it was covered in, in 
in TOS. Yeah, on a couple occasions, there okay. were potential candidates that were either the center of the conflict or they were. It was mentioned that, and um, you know, I know the Kelvins for one, and I think there might have been a few. Uh, in the episode Journey to Babel, I haven't seen that one in a long time. Right. But, uh, it's fine, because um, I also haven't seen TOS in a very long time. I am, thankfully, uh, have the chance to do the um, do reviews just like this with Anthony Toto, who also comes on the channel, for TOS. But it's been a while since I've seen it in full, so that's why a very long time. So I only asked you that because you were talking to me throughout these past few episodes of like, oh, it, you know, speaking of like Yar's planet, that's terribly awful, but they don't have to be in the Federation. And so I, I took that to heart, and I was like, oh, right, yeah, of course, not every you know, being under the sun is – or any sun is under the uh, Federation's um, you know, uh, reach, especially the Sur- Ferengi, are yeah. not under, the, aren't under their reach because, yeah, you, that's the whole point. They're going around – like I thought the point was always like we're going around to say hi and be like, hey, we come in peace. But it's also the idea of like, oh, you have some – Things that might help out the Federation, we could help you too. Like that's that was also the the intended goal. Um, so part of it anyway. So it never really occurred to me until this episode. Like right, yes, we have these two uh, different species, and they don't like each other. We'll get to that in a second. But these two species who might be able to become part of the Federation. So let's Although go back end up to wondering what they, yeah. what they had to offer. Like obviously they're they're not terribly. Uh... You know, well, uh, like cooperative, or you know, yes. they, and even I think Riker at one point they don't they don't seem like very promising uh, Federation candidates. That would be so. It would be so funny if they're like, we just wanted to know what racism was, and we've eradicated it from the Federation. So we wanted to bring you two in to kind of see what what's uh, what's what's going on there. Racism? No, they're just smellier than us. Good, good. That's good. Take notes, everybody. Smellier. Then the other side. Like, I just, I really do wonder, because, like, yeah, they were very antagonistic. Like, it was one of those things where, I mean, they could have literally killed Riker if they just pulled a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah, well, well I mean, there was God. a whole, like, predator, they had a whole, like, predator-prey thing going, and the, and the reason that they wanted to be downwind of the, uh, or they didn't want to be downwind of the other the other races, because they were, like I said, they were hunting each other. Hmm. It's just Which so at first strange. I took it to mean it was it was like oh they smell you know they smell bad. I mean no, that's what they literally like, yeah, said. They're, they're, but, it turned it turned yeah. out they're hunting each other. Right. I just I don't know man. I mean again I I feel like it's one of those things where you know what even the Federation messes up. Like I mean it wasn't it's not Picard's call. If it was Picard's call it'd be like you go that way you go that way. Get the hell off my yeah. ship. Go, but, go, to um, your, go to your rooms. Go, go to your rooms. But. um yeah, I assumed – and again, it was a good red herring uh, because I really thought this had something to do with both of them. But because it didn't – see, here's the thing with the red herring, John, and I'm not necessarily schooling you on it. I'm just saying you know, my thoughts here, John. Uh, a red herring, at the very least, it should it, – it should, um, okay, so you have a red herring, and it's a distraction. But then the actual whatever it is, whatever the threat, whatever the fuck it's trying to be distracted from should actually be a thing that has been established already. And I feel like that's what this episode forgot. Like I would have been perfectly fine if it was like a cute little mouse bubonic electric plague because if we had seen a mouse earlier in the episode or something, I'd be like, oh, that's adorable. I don't know how that little stowaway got on there. And then we find out it's actually, you know, fucking infecting the ship. Interesting. 
interesting. But the fact that it was like, oh, yes, I am an electric being. And it's like, did we know about this? No? Cool. Well, yeah, they flew, it, they flew through, they flew through a cloud, like an energy cloud. And then it, it got stuck. It basically got stuck almost like a burr on the ship. Yeah. And then the, the ship ended but, up carrying it away from its, uh, its home. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it kind of, kind of comes out of nowhere. That's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't something that was like, for if I, maybe I missed it because of all the other stuff I was paying attention Although to, but it it's been a while. It? But they might have also said that oh yeah, we we flew through you know we threw we flew through a cloud and then like you know that that was it was like a throwaway line that just mentioned it or something like that. I don't remember. It's been a little while. Yeah, what I do think is this though. Even though I do have problems with this episode, the fact that Picard's life was on the line, this should not have been a random episode in the middle of a season. This should have been a season finale. I don't know how good the actual season finale was, but when you put the captain's life on the line like this, and I know Kirk was always, like, getting punched in the face, but this show has actually done a very good job of, like, having Picard, even though he's a bit of a hard-ass, stand back and not really do getting all punchy-punchy. We've talked about this before with the pilot. So having his life on the line like this, I don't know about you, but it felt random to me to just be like, yeah, it's episode seven. What? What's up? Well, this this is the first time that it's happened. It definitely won't be the last. And and as the show goes on, he does get more. He does get his hands dirty a bit more and gets into a, into a bit more action. Uh, okay, it cool. was really the early the early series, and I, and I don't know if this was a Roddenberry thing, but the early series was very insistent that he, the captain not go into dangerous situations. Which and I'm fine with that. That which that you know, and and from from a, from like a military perspective, yeah, you wouldn't be sending the captain down to every dangerous planet, but it's also Star Trek. That's what you do. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like I mentioned it with the pilot. I feel like this is like you know we're all grown up now, so the captain isn't going to be like you know knocking teeth out of like Kirk was just like you know coke binge, just knocking people's teeth out. Yeah. Like I'm cool yeah. with, it was, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm okay different, with different kinds of captains. And but Picard, I said Picard still, you know, mix. It, it takes a little while for him to get there, but he mixes it up. You know, yeah. he gets into his share of uh, fist fights. But you know what? They're a little bit more sparing with it than they were with Kirk, who was getting into like badly choreographed, <laughs> barely stunt double fights every week. Yeah. Um, but no. But the thing is, I'm fine with him not getting into the fights. But like because this is such a big deal, in my opinion to have the captain's life on the line. It's just weird to just throw it out randomly. Also, um, another thing, too, that they did, even though it's been, I guess it would have been seven weeks. I don't know if there were any holidays in between. would have been seven weeks at the time. But, like, you know these characters through seven episodes, and yet still this is another episode of, wow, you're not acting like yourself. And I'm sitting around like, what is yourself, even? Yeah, we don't really know yet. Who the fuck but, is um... Beverly? I know. Yeah, we, like I'm being know, serious. Maybe, maybe Beverly is. Maybe Beverly is really interested in bridge operations. But that's also, I think, why they also had Wesley say, like, "Oh, you've never asked about, you know, you've never been curious about." Oh, uh, that was horrible. Because I know it's supposed to come off as it's supposed to come off as, "Wow, mom, you know, you're not acting like yourself." But it came off as, "Wow, mom, you're never interested in my, in my interests. <laughs> you never take you've an never interest, taken, mom. You've never taken an interest in my life before, so I knew something was wrong." That's what it sounds like to me, and it sounded horrible. Like it was just, Mom, you didn't tell me to go to my room yet, even though I'm in my room. What's <laughs> going on? You're back from your business trip and you're sober. 
Oh my God! Yeah, no, it just sounded, it just sounded awful, and, and so it gets out like. And, and by the way, another thing too, like we have this episode tried to set up Wesley as like, man, I'm so much better than these other assholes, yet he didn't fucking know that there was something wrong with his own mom. He couldn't yeah, have Jedi yeah. mind tricked well, his way. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and. um you know, and then lots of other, like I said, some some other delicious, uh, you know, pop psychology things. Like there was a uh, hypnosis. I mean, it's Star Trek, and she has a, and she she's an empath, but like to the nth degree. Like the hypnosis thing made sense, honestly, to me. I know, like it's like pop psychology, but like it made sense in a weird way. Like I'm not saying it yeah. actually works, but like it made sense because it's like, well, you know, you have to un you have to undo the memories, and honestly, she's she she's she's an esper. I guess we've pretty much called it that. Like she has these powers mm-hmm. that are clearly psychic in nature, so it's like, yeah, let's just fucking have her just be like, sure, I'll get it out of you. And you, oh. well, that's why I like it. this is a you know this is what's that? No, 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 no you first. I was going to say, it's always, you know, that, that is one place where it's handy to have Troy around because, like I said, it, this is definitely not the only and definitely not the last uh, alien entity takes somebody over episode. And Troy can be handy, handy for sensing, like, uh, you know, but then she said that, oh, I sensed another presence, but I thought it was just the same duplicity that we, or the same duality that we sense in all humans. You know, another another one of those Betazoid uh, blue, blue, blue blood moments. Um, just, but, I love uh, it, just Data walks by. I believe that was I, – I believe I read about that in a book once. It's called a burn, Captain. Get out, Data. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, um, I wanted to say, just jumping in for a second, um, I – so look, I have no problem with, um, you know, the possession. Again, I actually thought that that was pretty cool, made it a little bit more – like it, it was it's, – it was, it's standard sci-fi, but like in standard Star Trek. But still, I liked it. Uh, what felt odd to me, though, is I understand that someone's going to have to forget. The plot dictates they're going to have to forget. But you're really going to try to hand me some bullshit that Beverly, of all people, wouldn't be like, Captain, there's something wrong. Immediately. You mean in terms of her own possession or – Yes. Well, I'm sorry. I should, yeah, sorry. I should note when she's standing there next to Data and the captain, it's just like, is something wrong, Miss? You know, Miss Crusher. Yeah. Yeah. It fucking is. What's going on here? I was not here. What do you mean you weren't here? I was with Worf. Get Worf in here. Worf is like, yes, Captain. What the hell? Like, really? None of that. Just yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm good. Like, I know she's a little shocked, but like, I don't know. Like, it's just. You would think with her mind and the fact that she's the doctor of the ship, I understand Worf being like, well, that was fucking weird, and then going back to his own shit. But but Crusher would be a little bit more, going to a little more, unless she was just still dazed. You know, she might have had trouble remembering. It might have been like, you know, you, you walk into a room and you forget why you were there. Like, she could have been a little bit disoriented as, you know, did that actually happen or or, uh, or what? But I well, do have, I gotta say, fine, I do, but. It I don't know. It just kind of felt very out of place for someone who has a mind like hers to just be like, oh, and then walk but away. And everyone's like, all right, she's always like that, right? Sure, Captain. <laughs> exactly, Data. You, you know what's up. Cue all the Blazing Bev uh, memes from uh, from the Jesus. online groups. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. 
go on. But um, but I I do have okay. I have one big my big grievance with this episode of if if you can imagine I have one it has to do with Crusher, and it's the completely, and and we'll get honestly we'll have to revisit this later when Doctor Pulaski comes onto the show. But like okay. my big issue with Crusher is how how limp wristedly she handles relieving Picard of command because so, like so we see that Picard is starting to act a little bit weird. So what she does is she kind of you – know, they put some feelers out and things like that. They they actually have a little secret meeting to discuss, like, relieving him of command. And then she sort of, like, just sort of very mousily suggests that he, he takes some, some tests, and then he refuses, and then he bullies her, her into taking the tests, trying to gaslight her and make it sound like she's the one that's, you know, having issues. I would like, and, um, um, I would like to have a mutiny. Could you speak up a little okay. bit? Yeah, if like if we're cool, like she she mutinied. She, this is how she mutinied. If you want to compare it to like 2019 internet, she mutinied at the at the level, energy levels and volume level of an ASMR. And now the Basically, captain yeah. <laughs> needs to go take a psychological exam. This is <laughs> yeah, how it, was... this is how the phasers are going to sound during the exam. That's just how it kind <laughs> of sounds. <laughs> Um, by the way, she was holding a sonic screwdriver when she was talking, uh, when she was helping out Worf, like on the table and she was like, what's going on here? She literally looked like uh-huh. she was holding a sonic screwdriver. I don't, I don't know how much Doctor Who you've seen, John, but. Oh, I've, I've seen, I've, I've seen more than enough to, to know. And, and you know what? It, it's entirely possible, um, because mm-hmm. there were a lot of the prop guys had a lot of fun, um, calling almost like in jokes. Like I do know that when she was scanning, I don't know if it was this one or if it was one of the other ones where she was giving. Picard like a brain scan, but she had like a Macross piece was one of the problems. What? Was one of her medical scanners. You mean scanners. like, like, there were, there were mean like Macross plastic. like Robotech, right? Mm-hmm. There were a lot of what? anime fans, or I think it was Rick Sternback, oh, was, I think he was the prop guy, was super ah. into anime, and that in the, in the early seasons in particular, you can see lots of little tiny classic anime nods kind of just thrown in there. I'm going to look that up. Well, you know, one classic anime nod is how this episode ended with complete bullshit. Um, I love <laughs> anime, but, like, sometimes sometimes I'm like... Gain accent, gain accent ending? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's kind of bullshit over there. Um, <laughs> a little bit of bullshit. But anyway. Uh, but but seriously, though, I... Um, yeah, I just, like... So it's funny. We both have the same problem with Beverly's character, just from two different... It's the same coin. It's just two different sides. It's the same thing. It's about how they handled her, where it's like she has – she is so strong, right? She usually has, like, such a great mind on her. And in this episode, for some odd reason, it was like, yeah, she's going to be walking around dazed and confused. And then also, (laughs) by the end of it, be like, let's have a light mutiny, as if it's like brunch, yeah, exactly. You know, and and early is that, that that it's 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 double layered because nobody you know nobody wants to march into Picard's office and say, hey, you're acting weird, and we were thinking of relieving you of command, especially if it's somebody that's also your old friend. But the thing is, is that like you said, Pulaski would have no problem shutting Picard down, and then compare it to and I, and I don't know if you guys are there in your in your own TOS watch through, but there is an episode of TOS where. Uh, McCoy believes that Kirk's uh, objectivity has been compromised, and he's prepared, like he's ready to just lay down the law and let's Kirk. Wasn't that one of the first ones? Him. This could actually sound like any episode. Wasn't it one of the first ones? 
Um, well, no, I mean there was there was one time. Well, there was there was the I think it was the Corbomite maneuver where McCoy was kind of like, you know, if you you know he was ready to relieve him and he's like, oh, if you if you think I'm bluffing, that kind of thing. So he does. He said yeah, McCoy no. isn't shy. And I know there's yeah. two different, you know, Book, Crusher and McCoy are two completely different characters. But right. as the ship's CMO, it's her, it's her like prerogative to do that if if it if it becomes a, an issue of the safety of the ship. And I just felt that she handled, her and Riker handled it in a very like cowardly kind of way. Like, are you really telling me that there is no, there's nothing on the ship that they could inject into him that would just knock him unconscious? Nothing. Oh, she has. She, well, she has an off-button hypo spray she could just use. But I, I would, I would have to imagine that she would want to, uh, you know, try to talk him, talk him down first. And it wasn't until he started show, shooting uh, Emperor Palpatine force lightning at everybody that she, you know, she. And, and then that, that's also the part that almost became ridiculous is he's like electrocuting everyone on the bridge, and then she's like, Captain Picard, you are relieved. And it's like, well, okay, what is he going to do? Stop shooting lightning? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll step down. No, it's that little, honestly, little no, that just sounds like, I don't know, that just that just sounds like the world today, in a sense. It's just like, no, it's just one of those things where it's just like, I don't like this politician. And it's like, oh, okay, you should probably vote them out. Maybe, but I definitely don't like them. It's like, what? Yeah. What? Are, I'm sure they, I'm, I'm sure they, uh, I'm, I'm sure they're very upset. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, use your vote, use your voice. It's just like one of those, that's what I'm trying to get at. It's kind of like, she's just like, I'm very stern with you. I'm very upset. Oh, I'm sure Picard electricity cares. I'm sure electric Picard. Yeah, yeah I'm sure EP cares. Emperor, Emperor Picard Patine is very, is very, uh, very easy to, could you, uh, yeah, every, could you just imagine, could you fucking imagine just instead of Yoda just wanting to fight Palpatine, he's just like, disappointed in you I am. Oh, I didn't want to disappoint you. I apologize. I don't want to let down Master Yoda. Yeah, exactly. What the fuck? Like, it's just one of those situations. And like, look. To be fair, yes, the you know another thing too. I think that that was noted. Like, yeah, it's considered the duality. But at that point, if we know the electricity is inside of Picard, it's not Picard. It's kind of like a zombie situation. It's an, you know it's another like, consciousness. It's in, it's another consciousness that's inside him. And honestly, though, and like I said, I appreciate the fact that they were trying to to write around it. But the thing is, as an empath, like it, it's not like yeah, she's saying that the humans are, are like inherently conflicted. There's always we're always kind of like tripping over our own two feet mentally and emotionally. That yeah. I can appreciate. But the fact is, like, there's a big difference between that and there's another consciousness in your freaking head. Like, <laughs> I have to imagine, you know, like I said. I don't have experience being that kind of empath where I can detect like another consciousness inside somebody, but I would have to imagine that it it, it feels a little bit different than the norm. Exactly. Like you just you would imagine that it would. So it's just, and I would too. I don't know. It was just a whole, it was a whole thing. And also, I just don't. Um, I know we mentioned this earlier, but I still want to get back to it too. The fact that at the end of the episode, we could all just kind of laugh at cannibalism i mean not cannibalism because yeah. it was but still it's not technically cannibalism but they're still Different eating species, each other but eating eating another eating another sentient being and sending it to the cook not even not even a good alibi i feel like that's also another thing we should add on really bad alibi like how about you cook this um i mean no all right this i understand the problem the here's, here's, here's some of our currency 
to some of our currency. The Federation has used that currency. Um, speaking, speaking of though, is that there is an interesting bit there where they talk about, um, you know, like I said, the fact the fact that eating a sentient being was played for laughs, and the laughing mm-hmm. also kind of rubbing the wrong way. It's like it's, I thought this was Star Trek, and like the minute anybody any any sentient species is threatened, we got to get up in arms. But um, they also say that the replicator. This also answers the question of like, do they eat meat in the future? And they say that the replicators, um, you know, provide you know, provide meat. And then the question is, is replicated, is replicated meat vegan? Um, cause it has the, I mean, it has the pat like the molecular patterns of meat, but it's not meat and nothing was slaughtered to, to, uh, provide it. I would argue it's technically vegan. Um, I mean, I don't know about dietary concerns, but it's technically vegan. I mean, it's this, even though I know it's molecular, molecular is different than like how it actually looks to be fair, but I mean, you have the impossible burger, Exactly. So that's like a replicated I mean, whopper. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Now, again, I know that that's actually plant-based. This is not plant-based. This is nothing-based, arguably. Um, but still, it's – I don't know. I mean, I, I would I would consider it vegan. I mean, I'd be – it was one of the things where it's like, it's vegan, but, like, we have to actually make vegan food for – you know, for, we have to make vegan hollow food for other people. Oh, come on. It's all vegan. So maybe- and even if it's not vegan, it's a, at the very least it's cruelty free, because like I said, nothing yes. had to be killed to provide the meat. Yes, and oh god, I love those um, that species. Oh god, that's that's monstrous. That's barbaric, and it's like what? But it's kind of funny because you, it's it's really interesting though, because like it does feel like you do meet those people in real life though, where you're just like like I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, but I feel like I've met people who are so opposed to vegetarians or vegans they literally look at them like they are slaughtering and it's just like what yeah so it was yeah, kind so of funny because it mirrored real life in my opinion yeah as somebody that and, and as somebody who if you if you were used to uh you know re- real meat and then somebody said well here's this uh you know here's this here's the stuff that came out of our computer you know it's it's just as good, you know. I can imagine my. Oh reaction. no, I'll try <laughs> it. I mean, yeah, it might be the food equivalent of vaping, but like, I'll try it. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, I mean, I'll and, try and they do make it. it a point. They do make it a point. Once they get over the, like, space is wonderful, and and the space versions of things are inherently better. Like in later episodes, they do say that yeah, like real, like you can't hold a candle to real, real food and real meat and real alcohol and stuff like that. So they say that even though replicators can give you a fair approximation of it, that, you know, you can still tell the difference in that like freshly cooked food and, and uh, you know, it's still, is still a thing even in the future. And that the replicator is a tool. It's not like a magic bullet, you know, to, to completely replace it. And that there's certain things that people, you know, that, and that's actually kind of another theme in Star Trek is that no matter how high tech, you know, high, highly advanced technology gets, there's a certain human element that can't be replicated or replaced. And they actually touched on that a little bit with Geordi shaving in the, the much maligned uh, code of honor. Right. So, yeah, I, Oh, I have to say something very odd, very, you know, off topic. It's all on Star Trek though. The effects in this episode were actually pretty damn good, and I love the practical effects of all of the alien species uh species in this episode. Yeah, there were guys in the Like suits, it was actually you know, it was, it was, it was, 
Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, I love practical effects. I'm happy that, you know, they still hold up. Yes, you could kind of see the eyes of the wolf-type, you know, beings. But still, I I, I don't know. I felt like it still held up. Um, It's – by the way, he's talking about the Picard electrifying everybody. I still don't have a problem with it, but I am kind of shocked how they were shocked into submission but not murdered. Yeah, well, unless it was like a stun – like a stun beam type thing where it wasn't like, cause the, cause the, the, enti- the entity that was occupying him did seem sincere in his not wanting to yes. like kill anybody. And he said that the whole thing with the thing was an accident. So yeah, it was probably just to incapacitate them or like blind them long enough for him to get away and, and consummate his energy being relationship with Picard out in space. He set his Picard to stun. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm bowing out of this podcast now. Thank you. I, I've done all I needed to. You Take reached, care. You've reached the apex. I've reached the apex. Uh, nothing can get better than this. And But, no, I really like the effects, even the updated effects. I just feel like they didn't look out of place. Um, you, you know, the electricity was what it was, but it wasn't out of place. Like, if you want to say it was out of place storyline-wise, fair, but it wasn't out of place effect-wise. Yeah, it's what opinion. it was. It worked, and it, and it looks a little after effectsy now, but I, but if if mm-hmm. you can have like even if you have two thousand seven looking special effects in nineteen eighty seven, that's not bad. Well, we remember John. We always talk about this. They were technically updated. Now, I don't mean to say they were fully replaced, but they did use the original masters and did what they could to make them, you know, look better in the modern day. So. We'd have to actually go back to compare it to the visual effects on a VHS tape that hopefully isn't like super degraded to actually show the difference between that and this, since this is using the Blu-ray masters. Right, right. But exactly. um, to be fair, to be fair, but um, but I still like them either way. Like they don't, they you know, even though they were updated, they don't look terribly out of place. You know, I say this every time. It's not a Lucas situation. Yeah, they're they're sweetening up what's already there, not adding you know random shit. Yeah, because I think it would have been awful if, and maybe they did do this to you know a certain extent with zippers, perhaps, but it would have been horrible if the the creatures that we met, the species, I should say rather, that we met this episode, were all CGI'd over. Yeah, it, it that would have been also like it definitely mm. looked better. It, it looked it looked better with there being actual like costumes. Yeah. Um. So my question to you is, how often does TNG keep on doing this? And by this, I mean, fuck you, this happened. We're not even going to explain to you why it happened this season. Am I, do I have to brace for impact? Or? Not, not, not really. I mean, there's a few, I said, there's a few anticlimactic, uh, you know, I think with, like with any show, any show or any, any episode, there's a, there's a you know, possibility of that happening, but I, and I can count maybe just like a couple occasions where it's 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 like that where it's kind of just kind of sort of uh, you know the plot has been resolved but not in a very like completely satisfying way. I can think of maybe a couple examples from the season, but the show is generally pretty good about bringing it to a you know a, a satisfying you know if if some if sometimes not always sensical conclusion. Yes, question as well. Uh, how did you feel about the P for Picard? I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was cute. Like it was like, <laughs> it, it struck me as a little bit silly, but it was kind of like, 
It was it was yeah. silly in a in a way that was that was good. Like I said, there's, there's a Endearing. certain amount of silliness. Yeah, exactly. There's a certain amount of silliness in Star Trek that, that makes it what it is, and and I think that, you know, <laughs> which which you know what it wasn't even so much that he was using. I mean, it was kind of clever that he was he used the fact that he was basically electricity to to communicate with the crew. Um, what really sold it for me was the fact that somebody had to point out it's P for Picard. Yeah, right. Like it's F for Frenchman. Yeah, it's like you know we we you know. Thank you for con- for connecting the uh, connecting the dots for us. Why do I hear screaming outside of this deck? Oh, he rearranged all of the rooms to make a pee. He didn't light all the lights up. He just actually rearranged everything into a pee. <laughs> People are screaming. Oh, really? They're getting thrown out into hyperspace. My, my my console says pee. Do you think it? You know, apropos of nothing. Do you think it, it stands for like pizza or something like? You know, we're we gonna go down to the mess, and and uh, you know, it's so yeah. So, but it was you know, not not a bad. That'd be not great. Way to, uh, Let's go down to the mess right now. The card's like, <laughs> oh for fuck's fuck, closes the door on them. <laughs> Who's me... messing with the door? Maybe it's the pizza delivery guy. Oh fuck! <laughs> Only opens the door to the um, to to the room where they have the transporter. Literally, only opens that door. They're like. I guess we have to go in there. But but I do I, the thing is it may it may seem like kind of a gain X, you know, nothing ending. But also by the more that I think about it, like I said, it, it, despite the fact that it's kind of out of cat of character that they just these these you know one one species that was like there were guests aboard the ship were eating another and like nobody really seemed terribly bothered. But at the same time, like it's kind of funny that they just were so done with that plot thread. That they were just like I don't know. <laughs> you know I love they, it. They, they were, and and the thing is, like I said, it wasn't like they were the greatest. You know, I said they, they, the logic might have been that you know he who lives by the sword dies by the sword, and you know they the two of them were obviously you know no stranger to violence, but um, it was just like you know yeah that plot thread we've already shown that it has nothing to do with the a plot. Whatever, we're just gonna drop it. It's kind of like it's a you know I think it was a Simpsons episode where they were like, oh, and then in the end they were all rescued by let's say Mo. Like they just oh kind of like like the, the like the like the people the people creating the show kind of assume that the audience doesn't even care at this point. So they're just and like, then oh, the alien went know. back to his home planet. The, the end. Yeah, it's just like, do, do you really, do you really care? It's like, well, what happened? You know, the, the whole energy being thing has been resolved, but whatever happened to the Anticons and the Sile? And it's like, I don't know. Do you, do you really care? <laughs> do you, you know what I want to do? I want to be like the thousandth person that's asked someone on the cast, hey, what happened to? And I want to be the thousandth person because I want to get like, you know, like how you get something special for being like the hundredth person or the thousandth or the millionth customer. I want to be the person who gets murdered. I I want them to, at a certain point, just be like, you have been the thousandth, the millionth person who has asked us. Random cast members. Oh, what happened in the story? We were not the writer. It just murders me. Oh, if you, if you need if you need questions for that though, there are there are tons of questions that I want to kill people on message boards when they when they ask it, and most of them are TOS related. 
it's uh, you know how how did Chekhov you know how did Khan recognize Chekhov in the second movie when Chekhov wasn't part of the crew yet? Why didn't they send a shuttle down to get Sulu and the enemy within? Why is Klingon blood pink in uh, Star Trek VI and red everywhere else? So like, <laughs> there's certain. I don't mean like on like... the message boards though. I'm talking about like when you ask them directly on a panel. It's just like I like I, I just like I don't know. Like I just want to be they, that, then, that that extra person to just do like to the point where they're like, you know what, we're just going to murder you as a group. <laughs> Star Trek is cancelled. Oh my god. Um, so I don't know what else to say about this one. Again, it was it was weird, but not bad. But there were definitely bad elements, and they were bad enough that. I'm not going to be like, oh, if anyone wants to watch TNG for the first time, definitely check this one out because no. But at the same time, if someone is watching through, I won't say that this is worse than what you've gotten so far. Yeah, in, in my personal opinion, the, I think the first season, the first season almost has a different scale for quality. I feel <laughs> yes, like, like yes, a, yes, so, yes. So as 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 a series on the on the whole, it's like a C plus. For the first season, it's like a solid B minus. It's yeah, yeah, I was gonna say a B, know, at least a B. I was gonna say B, maybe even B plus for this season for, so yeah, far. For, 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 it's very, very like it's like lower side of average for Star Trek, but like higher side of average for the first season, you know. And there are, yeah. like I said, and I take the, I take the, I take the piss every time that we, uh, you know, we talk about season one. There are some genuinely watchable and genuinely enjoyable episodes in this season. I would say there's at least like a couple. There's like a handful, and like I said, while this while this definitely isn't going to show up on anybody's uh, top ten list, it's still you know it, it's not you know I don't want to damn by faint praise, but it's definitely not the worst, you know, no. not definitely not the worst of the bunch. Like I said, they, and you know you could tell they were trying, like they were still trying to figure out. I think they still hadn't hit their stride yet, but they were trying to. Like I said they they tried to weave together a nice mystery. They you know. Um, it just showed a little bit of the crew uh, dynamics when when Picard started to act strange, and we saw them. Like I said, and you had the you had which, which is a, a still a new crew, kind of coming together and trying to deal with, you know, strange behavior from the captain. Like I said, that was interesting too. We don't get to see that super often on on Star Trek. You know, I said there's a couple other episodes where, you know, the, the, the captain's behavior is called into question, but it was still, still kind of said for, for this early on, it was kind of interesting. Definitely. So, uh, before we wrap this one up, do you remember anything from the, the, the CD you have with all the scripts on it? If there's anything different with this one, or anything that stood out? Nothing really, nothing really worth mentioning. Like I said, I don't think there were any major scenes that were deleted or anything like that. This one stayed fairly consistent. Uh, you know the, the the shooting script version versus the uh, the the televised version. It's basically the same. I don't remember there being anything interesting that stood out. Yeah, because anyone doesn't know, John, uh, what was it, in the '90s? You went to your local mall, and then randomly you found a CD that was like, "Hey, if you're a Star Trek fan, buy this, you fucking nerd." And you were like, "I'm a fucking nerd," and then you <laughs> I'm, bought I'm it. That- yeah, I, and I so it that, had, I, like, I, I scan myself. I scan myself with a tricorder, and I'm a hundred percent that nerd. <laughs> yes, um, and so it but, has like uh, all the shooting scripts on there, and we've been talking about some of them on and off, like while talking about these episodes, and some of them dr- differ drastically. And according to you, this one was like, ah, nah. Yeah, it, this, it this one there really weren't any because because sometimes you can see that there are like deleted scenes or deleted lines or things that are changing. Now this was this was you know 
largely. And with the shooting scripts, like I said, it's the final draft shooting script, so it's pr- it's right. usually like at the very least like seventy five to eighty percent the same as the original, with just a few subtle changes. There's only a couple episodes that I, I think were 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 changed dramatically, uh, but no, this was this was pretty much just you know the way the way it was. All right. Um... So when Picard, I think it was when Beverly wanted, yeah, Beverly wanted to see Picard later in the episode. And when she asked to come in or like knocks on the door or whatever the equivalent is, uh, Picard says, come. Do you think that's how Picard orgasms? Because I feel like that's exactly how he orgasms. Yeah, come. (laughs) Come. That's his his catchphrase for when you you ring his doorbell. That's a series-wide thing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I mean – then we'll be hearing a lot more mm-hmm. of that. We'll Picard be hearing be a lot more come. of that. Picard will be telling for you the to next, come all series. For the next and, uh, So there was right. no... What were you going to say? I was say, now there was no, yeah, there were no, no, like, I'm just remembering now, there were no, like, real major script changes, but I, I remember reading at one point a, a kind of a funny bit of uh, behind-the-scenes, like, making of trivia was uh, the guy that played uh, Engineer Singh, they needed one more scene with him, I think, in the conference room, and by then they had already dismissed the actor. So oh what they God. did was, it, what they did was they put a wig on the back of a chair. Because <laughs> I think they, they, needed, a... they needed a shot of him, I think, sitting in on the oh from behind on the uh, from behind at the on the the observation not the yeah the observation lounge. And I think yeah oh they, they had put the, they put a wig on the chair to make it look like he was sitting there because they had they'd already told the the uh, the actor he'd go home. <laughs> Was that in the beginning when Picard's walking by a woman with like really teased eighties hair? Uh, it's possible. It's possible. I don't remember the exact scene. I just remember reading okay. the but they uh, you know, no, wig on I'm the thinking back of that's like the it. I'm asking because I feel like that's the only shot I can think of off, off the top of my head anyway, that you would need to see his back because usually it was his front. Usually. Yeah. God, that's so fucking yeah. so funny. I have to imagine it was probably from behind and it was he was sitting in the chair so you just saw the top of his head. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had to at that point. I wonder if they were going to like yeah. do a different shot, and they're like, ah, oh, fuck. God, how do you mess that up? <laughs> no, because like, that's something – let me explain. Everyone's like, how, why, why are you messing with it? That's something I would mess up while trying to film something. Like, And, and, and we just film stuff like little skits for YouTube, but like, this was for a major network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it, it can happen. It can, it can happen to the best of us. I know. It's one of those things where – because you know how they used to do Friends where uh, back in the day – it might have been a Tuesday, by the way. Back in the day, they used to film Friends. Like they would obviously not have the actors sitting in for every single scene. So they would have people with similar hair just sit in. And then because of the TVs we used to watch it on, they were letterboxed. So they would always cut off the sides. So we would never see their faces or heads. Other than like the hair a little bit. Now, because of HD remasters showing you everything, there are cuts where you could actually see in the corner of like the left hand side someone who is clearly not Rachel, clearly not Jennifer Aniston. And you're like, who is that? And it's just um, different actors looking down at other people for reference, and it's their, you know, it's these random people having similar hair to other cast members. So you would think Luckily they'd they have, have that uh, for generic. Sick. They have generic '90s Wait. hair, so there was easy, it was easy to find a stand-in. <laughs> That's true. That that is true, John. But no, but like it's funny. Thank God that TNG had wigs. I mean, you just put a wig on a yeah, chair. Right? Thank goodness. 
<laughs> yeah, they just oh so God. happened to have the, the the similar hair to the to to uh, Sings. Otherwise, it would have been it would have been uh, screwed. But then you could write you could write around and be like, oh, Mister Engineer Sing uh, says he's in the bathroom, but he'll be with us in you know in in ten minutes. He ate that he ate the replicated uh, <laughs> he ate the replicated meat and it didn't agree with him. He he ate the replicated burrito, and we have to say it's not exactly the same, but boy, it feels <laughs> like it. <laughs> He had some of the the fresh killed uh, celery steaks that they were offered. The uh, Antican oh, delegate was God. offering him. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't think there's anything else we could say other than this was more fun than I have had with TNG for a bit, despite its glaring flaws. Oh sure, oh sure. Like I would rather it be wacky and weird rather than going against their core mission statement of. Because, look, regardless of what happened at the end with those two um, different, you know, factions of, of species that are warring against each other, despite that, they still held on to their let's not kill this thing. And also no one was – there was no violence. There was nothing too off. There was just – I don't know. It just felt like the TNG's mission statement of, you know, we're going to be a bit more – Seek out new life and – Yeah, seek out yeah, new life. Yeah. So just like TOS, to be fair, but like also for, in a dude way. For good, for good and for ill, it, it felt like Star Trek. You know, from everything yeah. from the 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 take on on contact with alien species to the you know kind of the cerebral nature of it to the cheesy special effects to the cheesy you know writing and stuff like that. So so you know, warts and all, it was it was you know classic Star Trek. Exactly. So thank you all for listening in as always. Before you go, if you're watching us through our YouTube channel, which is those guys on the radio, please remember to like and subscribe and, of course, comment down below with some of your Star Trek TNG memories, especially with this episode, if you have any. And also, if you're watching us through our Blog Talk Radio account, thank you so much, blogtalkradio.com slash radio, or maybe you downloaded it and you're listening to us on the go via iTunes by searching up those guys. So, again, thank you all so much. All of our social media links will be down either in the description box. Uh, yeah, it should be in some description box down below wherever you're watching. And our Patreon as well, patreon.com slash Productions. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. Love you all. Take care. And tune in next time for another episode of Star Trek Thursday. So, yeah, John, uh, live long and prosper. Keep on trekking. Keep on. Oh, God, I like that one.